All right. Well, exciting. Exciting stuff. Listen, we are week six in our Born Again series. And um, I, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I was thinking about, like, all the stuff we've talked about since we started this series. We're talking about, like, what it means to have, to be born again. Like, we don't want to just say it, but what does it look like? What does a born again life look like? So we've talked about um, these characteristics, uh, qualities that will be present in the life of somebody who's been born again. So um, I don't want to put you on the spot, so don't yell them out. But we talked about baptism, right? Um, we've talked about the Bible, We've talked about Christian fellowship, like hanging out with people who are a good um, influence on our morals. Um, last week we talked about, anybody remember just one week ago, the baptism of the... Okay, so we had a Holy Ghost Spirit. All right, so um, three people remembered from last week. Great job, y'all. Give yourselves a big hand. You can't even clap for yourself. Like, this is going to be a problem, y'all. Come on, like, give yourselves a big hand. But as I've thought about all these things, here's the one thing I keep thinking about. Is it just me, or have you noticed that neither, none of the things we've talked about are really that hard? I mean, so you get in a, you get in a tank, and Paul pushes you under, right? Um, reading the Bible, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure all of us can read or at least listen to the Bible. Um, hanging out with people who are encouraging, don't you like that? Who wants to hang out with grumpy people, right? I mean, like last week, the Holy Spirit, I mean, just saying I'm open, God, to the power of your Holy Spirit moving through me and using me. None of these things are really that hard to do. But have you found that they're hard to do? Is that crazy? And I've, I've like asked myself, like, why is that, God? It's because we have an enemy. It's because we have an enemy who knows that the very things we're talking about as simple as they are, if he can keep us from doing them, exhibiting the fruit that we just sang about, then he's got us. This morning is no different. Well, obviously we're talking about prayer this morning, right? And, like, how many of you have no trouble talking to another person? Raise your hand. These are all the extroverts, right? How many of you have no trouble with somebody else doing all the talking? Raise your hand. Those are the introverts. The point here is we don't have a problem with talking, either talking or letting someone else talk. So I keep thinking, like, why is it that horizontally we can talk all day long? And, man, did I talk forever last week. Somebody say amen. But the minute we take that and go vertical, we're like, and it's because we have an enemy. I've never been in war, personally, and I'm so thankful for those of you that have fought because I didn't have to fight. But I do know this, that an enemy at war is going to take out your communication system. They're going to make it difficult for you to actually ask for the help that you need to receive. And so doesn't it make sense that our enemy would be like convincing us that prayer is the hardest thing you'll ever do? Because if he could just get us to not talk to our Father who can actually send us the help that we need when we need it, then he's got us right where he wants us. So this morning we're going to ask two questions, right? What is prayer and how do we do it, right? What is prayer and how do we pray? Um, So let's just start with question number one. What is prayer? And I'm going to sound like I'm way too simplistic because you expect me to give you a really deep theological answer, like a pastor-worthy answer. And all I can tell you is prayer is talking to God. That's it. 
Tell the person next to you, sermon's over. But because I'm a pastor, you know, I have to talk for about 20 more minutes about the fact that prayer is talking to God, right? i got to talk to you about the fact that prayer is talking to God. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, reveals that prayer is all about relationships. We're going to read this in, in more depth in just a little bit, but just to, to tease us a little bit. When the disciples asked Jesus, teach, teach us how to pray, this is how he started it. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, two words. Do you see the relationship that's built into those first two words? Our Father. I'm not going to get on a rant. I thought about getting on a rant, but I can't because, like, we're going to read some scriptures where Jesus would, would withdraw to solitary places to pray. It's good to pray privately, right? Jesus actually said the Father who sees in secret will reward you in secret. So it's good to pray privately, but private prayer is not the only type of prayer. Jesus didn't look at his disciples and say, when you pray, be sure to say, my Father. He said, our Father. There's community, there's relationship, even in our prayer lives, right? It can't be all praying together or all praying by myself. It's both and. And he said, our Father. I love that. Not our judge, not our defender, not even our Savior. Our Father. And I thought, like, maybe that's one reason why it's hard to pray. Because we're praying to a person. We're praying to a father. It's a relationship thing. Here's your big idea. Prayer is our connection with the Father. And I promise you it's a connection that the enemy wants to take out. And so he strikes fear. Like, man, again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an introvert, extrovert, or extrovert, introvert or something in the middle of those two things. But in the right environment, standing with the right group of people in that circle where you're holding hands and you're going to squeeze when you're done, if somebody were to call on me to pray, I would melt into a puddle of sweat. Like sometimes public praying can, I mean, can I get an amen from people in the house who are like, if you call on me to pray right now in public, I would die. So I'm not necessarily saying that if you have a hard time praying, it's because you don't love God. I'm just saying that the enemy loves to harp on that, like prayer is hard. And it's, it's really not. It's just talking to God. We're not praying to a rock. We're not praying to a crystal. We're not praying to a statue. We're praying to our Father. Jesus did this. Some scriptures to jot down. Matthew chapter 14 Verse 23 says, after he, Jesus, had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself. All the introverts said yes to that, to pray. Later that night, he was there alone. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. Raise your hand if you are the people that get up early in the morning while it is still dark. You may do that because you started having kids and you were like, it's the only time it's quiet. Right? By the way, raise your hand if you would never in your entire life ever get up early. If the sun's not up, you're not up. See your hands? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Just remember, um, we just read a verse that said later that night, Jesus was praying. So we got the night covered, and now we have the early morning covered. Right? So don't let somebody tell you it has to be at a certain time. All right? It's just it's relationship. It's just talking to God. Luke 6, 12, one of those days, 
Jesus went out from to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. I don't know if you ever spent the whole night up talking to God, but I, I just want you to see that Jesus regularly was connecting with the Father. Too many scriptures to go into, but if you just read through the book of John, you'll see Jesus say over and over and over again, I only say what I heard my Father tell me to say, which means I'm in prayer listening to the Father, and then I'm hanging out with you telling you what he said, right? It's just talking to God. Everybody say prayer is just talking to God. Okay, I'm going to keep praying until we, I'm going to keep preaching until we have 100% of that because you can do it. I believe in you, right? Now, question number two, like, how do we pray? And can we be honest, how many of you right now are thinking, like, I was here last week and Paul's already on question number two. We're killing it, aren't we? That went through your mind, didn't it? I know it did. You were like, he is, this is fantastic. And it includes a video. So if we know that we should talk to the Father, how do we talk to the Father? Um, do we need to speak King James English? Do we need to use fancy words? Should it be loud? Should it be soft? Should we dominate and pray the whole time, or should we just pray a few words? Like, sometimes we don't even know how to pray. Um, I think it's easy to feel like maybe our words aren't enough, and so I've, I've got a video for us just to watch of another person who was struggling with that same thing. It was not supposed to be a video of me drinking water, but that was compelling, wasn't it? Joel Carpenter is a new Christian, so to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God, please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, He who has created all things, makes the sun and moon rise at His command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy. I, I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You have blessed me also with many young saplings, and I ask at this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. God go, real people, real prayers. All right. <laughs> so how do we pray, right? How do we pray? Matthew chapter 6, verse 7, um, just to uh, come up behind that video, Jesus says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think, this is it's important, for they think they will be heard because of their many words, Right? When I look at that video, I know it's just humorous and all, but I think, I think maybe God's listening to the guy at the table, right? Like those, those are all the words that he wants to hear, the words that come from our heart. We don't get points for big words and long prayers. Although I've heard people pray long prayers that were fantastic, 
And they had huge words in them, and there's nothing wrong with big words and long prayers, but we don't get points for them is what Jesus is saying. Thankfully, Jesus didn't just say how not to pray. He taught us how to pray. So this is where we get the Lord's Prayer from, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. This is the whole prayer that we started earlier. And this is what Jesus said when his disciples said, teach us how to pray. He said, this then is how you should pray. Isn't that clear? That was clear, wasn't it? Okay, I heard like four people. So they asked, how should we pray? And Jesus said, I'm going to make it really hard. This is how you should do it. Right? He, so what we read is exactly how he, we're supposed to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. A lot of people are surprised to find that that part where it says, For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Is it in there? It's still a good thing to pray, but not in what Jesus first taught us. So I've, I've taught on this before. We won't take a long time. I just want to show you that Jesus gave us four, four um, areas that we can pray about in this word, in this, in this prayer. Um, you may have prayed the whole Acts thing, right, A-C-T-S, um, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's fantastic. It's a lot of syllables, so I try to make it simpler. So what I use is pray, which is praise, repent, ask, yield. We praise, we repent, we ask, and we yield. They're all in here. It doesn't mean you have to go in that order, although if you go in a different order, you'll spell a different word, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Y'all, it's time to yarp. What? How do you yarp? Well, you got to yield first. <laughs> Whatever. If you know what I'm saying? Like, I think praise, repent, ask, yield. Those are all elements that when we're coming to the Father, if those are in our lives, then in our prayer, then we're, we're probably hitting all the things. So just so you can see it, praise. Jesus said, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, which is holy, right? Hallowed means holy. And holy means set apart. It doesn't just refer to God, but God is the most set apart of all the set aparts, right? There's nobody like our God. That's a good name, amen. Amen? There's nobody like our God. So he is the most holy, the most set apart. Ironically, interestingly, that holy God is looking for a holy people. And we think holy people means, again, like the pagans babbling with their many words so that they'll be heard. The Pharisees who were out on the street corner praying long and loud prayers because that sets them apart. And God's like, no, that's just outside stuff. I'm looking for hearts that are set apart. I'm looking for people who are holy who will be set apart for me. So we, we praise him. So I don't know, when you start praying, like sometimes in the morning I get up. Wait, wait, let me rephrase. Always in the morning I get up. But now, there's a lot of days when I get up, my first word of praise is, thank you, God, I'm up. Right? Like, I, I'm alive. Like, it's another day. I'm still breathing. Like, I, I can go do what you want me to do. And, and, God, thank you for that. And you're so faithful and you're so good. I mean, you put, it, you put your words to it, but praise him. Repent. He said, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. I'm going to tell you right now, if, if you've got a problem with somebody, you should probably pray for them. Because as you begin to pray for them, you're going to find yourself asking God to forgive you a whole lot more. Forgive me what I've done. 
so that I can also then forgive others. Ask. And this is the one thing that we do a lot, right? Oh, Lord, I shouldn't have bought the lottery ticket. But I praise you that you gave me the money for it. And I, forg- I ask you to forgive me for buying it. But now I ask God that I would win. Right? I'm like, hey, I'm all on board with that. But when you win, I want you to yield. Right? <laughs> Maybe that's why he hadn't won yet. I don't know. Give us this day our daily bread. It's good to ask God for what you need. Right? And we should never feel bad for that. We should never, I love how Tim Keller says it. He says, the only person who has the courage to wake a king at 2 in the morning for a glass of water is his child. When we, when we know that we're the, the father's kids, like, we can ask him for anything. He's not going to beat you up. Now, depending on who you're around when you ask, they might beat you up, right? Well, who do you think you are asking God for that? I, I'm, just, I, I'm his son. <laughs> I'm going to ask him. He's my dad. I trust him. He'll do what he wants, but, but I'm going to ask him. And that's why the why is so important. We yield. And I think that's so critical at the end of our time with God is that we ask him for all the things. And honestly, we ask him for what we want, right? That's what we're supposed to do. You shouldn't feel bad for that. I've had people like, I've had people pick my prayers apart. Like, God, I hope God was listening as closely as you were, right? Well, I don't think we can ask God to heal somebody. What? Are you kidding me? Do you want the person to be healed? Well, yeah. Well, you should ask God to do it. He's the one that heals. Well, that might be presumptuous. You might not know God. He likes to do stuff for his kids. I I still don't think you're going to win the lottery. But anyway, if you do, yield, right? So he says, your kingdom come, your will be done. He says, lead us not into temptation. And that's really important, okay? Here's why that's important. Because sometimes we, we, we pray like our prayers are just all about us, right? And it's okay. But at the end of that prayer, if I'm not saying to God, now you lead me, right? I've prayed what I want, but now you lead me. And how many of you have lived long enough to know that sometimes he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death? Right? Isn't there a verse in Isaiah that says, as I walk through the fire, I will not be burned? And we love that not burn part, right? But you have to walk through the fire. Like you have to actually be in. See, the miracle is not that you weren't burned. How many of you are not burned right now? Raise your hand physically. You're not in the fire. Hello. The miracle is that you were in the fire and not burned. That the waters went over your head and you didn't drown. That's the miracle, Right? And so when we're praying, like, God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, he's like, I will deliver you. Give me your hand. Did you hear the story about the guy who um, got too close to the edge, and he fell over, and as he was falling to his death, he reached out and grabbed this branch, the only branch that was sticking out from the cliff, and he grabbed it. And, you know, he was holding on for his, all he had. And he started yelling, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And all of a sudden he heard this voice say yes can you help me yeah I can help you just let go Jesus um I don't want to let go I'll just keep holding on no no trust me just just let go and the guy got really quiet and thought and he's like is there anybody else up there 
we don't really want to put our hand in his hand and trust him to take us where he wants to take us. And I'm telling you that yielding is so critical. Other things um, that we need to know about prayer, just some verses for you to jot down. Luke 5, 16 says, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So that word often is important, right? Because it means that he did this on a regular basis. I don't have time to teach on this, but I just want to point out in that verse that Jesus withdrew to lonely places. We pay all kinds of money to get out of lonely places, and he went to them. Just saying. I think maybe we try to get out of the things that Jesus might want us in sometimes. Luke 18, 1, that Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Man, don't, don't let anybody tell you that if you keep praying for the same thing, you don't have faith. We're just going to squash that right now. If you keep praying about the same thing, it's because you don't have an answer. Not because you don't have faith. That woman knocked and knocked and knocked and knocked, and that parable says the man finally was like, just to get her to stop knocking, I'm going to give her what she wants. Ask and it will be given. It means to ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Man, be persistent. Pray persistent prayers. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. Your version probably says pray without ceasing. We pray consistently. We never stop. Can I just, for me, this is how I think of it. Prayer is like oxygen for the soul. So a quick question, just a self-reflection question, right? If, If you breathe as often as you pray, how long would you live? Well, I come to church on Sunday, and I get a really deep breath. That's going to last you till 1020, right? <laughs> Prayer is oxygen for our souls. Listen, there's so much more that we could talk about. My, my goal this morning is, is not to do a deep dive into stuff like intercession or, or supplication or spiritual warfare, which is a huge part of prayer. My goal this morning is simply just to remind you that, that prayer is talking to your Father. And we should do it. Because we're talking to our Father. It it doesn't have to be hard. As a matter of fact, I believe that probably prayer is a lot easier to think, is a lot easier than we think. I want you to watch this this, um, last video and just see if maybe this helps you see prayer in a little bit of a different light.
John 13, 17, Jesus said, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. So we've talked about prayer. So the only really, probably the only way we can end the service is by, good job, y'all. We're going to pray, right? We're going to pray. Now, let me just explain this in just a little bit when we start this. You guys that are watching us online, you're not going to get to see this because there's no way I can show this video and it not get like dinged by YouTube because of copyright stuff. So um, we're going to close this morning with a song, Talking to Jesus. Um, it's by Elevation Worship in Maverick City. I think that's right. Maverick City for sure, Brandon Lake. Um, but anyway, you guys that are watching at home, in just a minute, when we start doing that in here, I would encourage you to find that and just play it. It's a fantastic song. And it sums up everything we've talked about. It's very, it's very simplistic, very powerful, and it just explains to us what prayer is all about. And we're going to pray as we do that, right? Now, I'm not going to make you get in groups of four, five, six, whatever. I'm just going to let you sit with Jesus. Um, if you want to come to the altar, you can. However you want to engage, however you want to talk to the Father, you talk to Jesus while they're singing about talking to Jesus. Are you with me? Now, as an encouragement, let me just tell you this. I believe that when we talk to God, he talks back. I believe if we'll listen, he'll actually answer our prayers. Um, I know that uh, um, 2 Corinthians 10.4 uh, says this, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. It's the verse that, fought, that comes right before the one that says, we take captive every thought that exhausts itself against the knowledge of Jesus. And in prayer um, about... Six months ago, I was asking God, we're just, we were just facing some stuff that just seems impossible. Ever been there? Okay, I'll just talk to y'all in front. I don't know what's up with y'all, but we were facing some stuff that just seemed impossible. And I remember reading that verse about weapons, and I said to God, like, I, I mean, what are the weapons of our warfare? And, I, yeah, it's like prayer and worship and, you know, reading the Bible. I felt like all these things, all the things that I want to turn into a checklist— were popping in my head. And I remember saying to God, I, I get all that. But, like, God, is there something tangible? Is there, like, what, what about, like, a picture? What about an analogy? Is there something for me, something specific for me? And I remember in that moment just thinking about a locked door. And I, I felt like God just asked me, like, Paul, what opens a locked door? And I was like, I know the answer, right? It's a key. It's a key, right? And he was like, no. No, a key does not actually open a locked door. A key is what you put in a locked door. It's when you turn it that it opens. I was like, oh, I felt like that was good. I don't know where y'all are on that, but I felt like it was phenomenal. So I remember leaving, like, the room where I was praying. I went into my, to my computer, and I just started looking up every verse I could in the Bible that had the word turn in it. And, and so I had this key on my, on my neck. I wear it all the time now, and it has the word turn on it because this is the weapon of my warfare. And so I began to pray on a consistent basis, the verses that God showed me in the Bible. Verses like Isaiah 29, 16 in the New American Standard, the first four words say this about God, you turn things around. And I would get in my closet with the Lord, which I don't have a closet, it's just a couch. But I would get there, you know, and I would just start praying like, God, you turn things around. You turn things around. You turn things around. Deuteronomy 2, 3 God said to the people, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now turn north. Malachi 4.6 says that he turns the hearts of the children towards the parents and the parents towards the children. The prodigal son had a moment where he turned around and came back to the father. Do you see what I'm saying? These are all words that have turn in it. And so for me, this has become a weapon of my warfare. I don't know what your weapon's going to be. But if you don't have one, you hadn't asked for one. Prayer is so much more than just 
God, give me food. Please let the restaurant be open. I don't care what Yelp says, right? It's so much more than that. It's warfare, y'all. And so when you talk to Jesus, talk to him like that. Tell him things that you're asking him to do and then trust that he'll do it. And I can tell you this, like we aren't through all of it yet, but I'm telling you we have watched God begin to turn things around because that's what he does. And when you pray his word back to him, he does what he said he would do. So I will say this as one last tip, and then we're going to lose our people online. We love you guys, and we're going to do the video in here. If you don't know what to pray, open Psalms and just read, because that's a whole book of prayers. And some of them are really, really honest, right? Like, God, the people that I don't like, kill them. And then at the end of the psalm, it's almost like you can watch David's heart just begin to yield, right? It's like, oh, okay, God, but you're so good, and you're going to take care of me, and I just praise you, right? So, like, just read psalms. They're so honest. They're so refreshing. Are you with me? You good? Okay, so now, look, I know this is weird, and we play songs all the time, and I'm going to put a video up there. The good news is there's lyrics, and if you don't know the song and you just want to sit there and sing, you can sing about prayer. I'm good with that, right? But what I'm not good with is that you just do this for, like, six or seven minutes, especially if you love Jesus. Because I, I, don't, I don't know where you are on the scale of loving people, but, like, when I, I talk about Wendy a lot because prayer is relationship. And if you can't talk to the lover of your soul, like, for a few minutes, you ain't met him. I don't know how else to say it. Because when I first met Wendy, if I had the chance to spend seven minutes with her, I was taking it, right? I, I actually drove seven hours in a car once and saw her for five minutes. Now, that sounds like I love her a ton, but I was bad at reading maps. It's a long story. We don't have time to go into it. But... <laughs> but but now here we are 30 years in a marriage, and the story goes like this. I drove seven hours in the car to see her for five minutes, right? And I would have done it even if I could have read a map, right? I'd have still done it because I just wanted to be with her, and no matter how much time it was, it was worth the travel. Can I just ask you this question? Is it worth the time to hang out with Jesus, to just talk to Jesus. And so prayer is not this condemnation thing. If you don't do it right, then you're horrible. And didn't you say the right? I hope you've gotten that from all the videos, right? Prayer is literally just talking to Jesus. And so you, you can sit, but please engage, right? The altars are open. We'll just like dim the light some, throw the video up there, and then I'll close this out when it's over. Grandma used to pray out loud by your bed every night. To me, it sounded like mumbling, like she was out of her mind. She said, Boy, this kind of prayer is what saved my life. You ought to try it soon. Now I know she was right She was talking to Jesus She was talking to Jesus 
She'd been talking to Jesus for all of her life. Mama used to drag me to church Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Khaki pants and a polo shirt. Boy, I put up a fight. She said, son, one day you'll thank me for having God in your life. And yeah, I know she was right. Yeah, my mama was right. Cause now I'm talking to Jesus. She got me talking to Jesus. She got me talking to Jesus. Yeah, my mama was right. Now I'm talking to Jesus Yeah, I love talking to Jesus And I'll be talking to Jesus For the rest of my life What a friend we have in Jesus What a friend we have in Jesus Don't you know What a friend we have in Jesus Oh, oh got three of my own now, trying to raise them upright. My oldest is 15, and I remember what that was like. Trying to deal with the drama, trying to figure out the questions in life. And I've been looking for a way to show him how to make it all right Then he walked in my room While I was singing my prayers the other night He said, I'll come back later I can tell you got a lot on your mind I said, it's not an interruption You couldn't have picked a better time I was just talking to Jesus Come over and give it a try We started talking to Jesus
there's no bad time to start. It don't have to sound pretty. Just tell them what's on your heart. Because it's not a religion. Because it's more like a friendship. So just talk to your father like you are his kid. Start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. You can talk to Jesus. Oh, whenever you like. Just start talking to Jesus. Just start talking to Jesus. Just keep talking to Jesus. The rest of close by praying for you. If you're facing something that seems impossible, would you just stand where you are? I'm going to pray. Stand quickly because I'm going to pray. God, I pray for my friends. I pray for my brothers and for my sisters. And I just pray, God, that you would do for them what you promised that you would. That you would act on their behalf in accordance with your character. You are a God who turns things around. 
You are not a God who says yes to the status quo. You are not a God who says we've gone far enough. You are a God who turns things around. You lead us in triumph through Christ. Everywhere we go, we already heard it this morning, we carry the aroma of the victory of Jesus. And so I pray in every circumstance that's represented right now in this room by those that stood and by those that weren't willing to, I pray that you would turn around the things in their lives. I pray for financial turnarounds in the name of Jesus. I don't pray that we would come into a lot of money. I pray that you would make us good stewards of what we have. And that that would be the turnaround in our lives, God. I pray for physical turnaround. I pray for healing in people's bodies. We pray right now, God, for Nehemiah, that you would touch his body in Jesus' name. That you would turn things around in that situation, God. We pray, Lord, over Jane and Aaron Deese's family that you would touch their bodies and that you would heal them. I pray for others in this room who are facing physical infirmities, God, that you would turn around in their life those things that are not in alignment with what you said is true. I pray over the mental stability of our of people in this room right now. I pray that you would bring peace of mind and you keep in perfect peace, those whose minds are fixed on you. And so I pray that there would be a turning in our mind away from a, a media that wants to fill our minds with stuff that can never satisfy us, that there would be a turning to a heart and a mind that is focused on you, that is focused on what is good and what is pure and what is true and what is right and what is lovely. God, I pray that you would turn things around. I pray over each of, of us in this room that you would give us, God, the boldness to say in full repentance, I've circled a mountain long enough. It's time to turn north. It's time to turn my direction and follow after God. And as you do that, Lord, I thank you that we will see victory in this place. We will see you take us to new places where there are people who desperately need to know a miracle-working God. Turn things around, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. You are my Father. You are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. And because of Jesus, you are my friend. I pray it in your name. Amen.